0: Do, 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 drop the needle. This is The Vinyl Preacher. It is the internet's most punk rock lectionary podcast. I'm Zach Paris. Uh, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus, Street University of Colorado in Boulder. And I'm Matt Cale, pastor
1: uh, at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles. California.
0: California. California. Matt, what's happening in your context? <laughs> well, uh, in your immediate uh, like? context. <laughs> I have to uh,
1: apologize to all the listeners out there for the quality of my voice. I'm coming off of two days of um, really some some method acting, living out the story of Zechariah, <laughs> uh, and completely losing my voice and uh, and learning what that's like. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like you just you look, like I, I usually think of myself as like a pretty quiet person, but oh my gosh, like even a minimalist
0: like myself. <laughs> Like a voice is a really useful thing to have. <laughs> it's really useful. <laughs> You're not going to get that on the Working Preacher podcast. Only on the Vile Preacher are you going to get the deep cuts. That a voice is a useful thing to have. And then, and then you
1: know, on Sunday, I got to add no voice on Sunday, and you know, a preacher, a worship leader, kind of needs to have a voice. So um, I got really good at gestures. <laughs> and uh asked a lot of people to um to help me my voice that day which was really great also we had a reading where um there was this guy that didn't have one of his senses and he had to go wash in the pool of Siloam and I was just a little bit pissed off that there was no pool of Siloam to wash because mm. uh yeah let's just gargle some of that uh some of that water in my voice but didn't, didn't happen I, what I would have done
0: that is I would have used the homemade remedies that I'm familiar with for, for voice issues which are, which is which is bourbon and honey an entire pool in worship of bourbon and honey Bourbon and hunting. I also think it's clear this week that you are no Francis of Assisi, uh, (laughs) right? Who, for whom it is attributed, uh, said, uh, "Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words." uh, Fail, fail, fail. Big week, Matt. Big week in Boulder. Lots of crazy things going on. Well, one of the strangest things is this is spring break uh, here in Boulder. And for the first time in my professional career, it is spring break. I'm sitting in my office. We don't have a spring break trip this year because we're going to Israel, Holy Land, Palestine, whatever you want to call it. There's a good story behind it a recent exchange I had with a person who did not appreciate the name that I used to describe that place. Uh, So I am in Boulder recording podcasts, hanging out in my office, uh, hopefully about to get a ton of stuff done, but we have two other exciting pieces of information. Number one, my daughter, is currently enrolled in daycare. She will start (sighs) June 1st. (laughs) Congratulations, congratulations. It's going to be huge for us. The bill is going to drop significantly every month. Uh, She's going to be staying in Boulder, so it's going to make my life easier. It's going to be incredible. The other thing, Matt, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to keep this on the right side of the law. I've decided this week... I'm becoming politically active, Matt. Uh, okay. I have volunteered and expect to soon be phone banking for a political candidate in a state in which I do not live. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. I gave I gave that person some money. I hope I get a cool sticker, but I, I guess I'm, I won't be that disappointed if I don't get it. But <laughs> um, I, are we talking to Zach Paris on this on this pod? Is that really who's who's on the other line? <laughs> hard to say. Here's the thing I'm really uh, proud of. I have not posted about it on social media. <laughs> That's, I'm going to talk about it in the podcast a lot, okay? You guys, I'm not going to try to stay out of the parts <laughs> of politics because this podcast is supported by money from, from multiple religious institutions and we're going to honor that church-state money thing, but I'm going to talk about it a lot here. It will be deafening silence on the social medias. Instead, I will share multiple articles from Slate.
1: <laughs> Why don't you should post it on social media and then make sure that you post it in such a way that
0: you are shaming everybody else who is not doing what you are doing? Yeah, I thought about going to the march on Saturday, but I thought about doing something that actually mattered. <laughs> exactly. So I called a congressperson exactly. in a state two time zones away. Matt, I have a short reading. We're coming into the fifth Sunday of Lent. Yeah. Uh, but we're skipping over an incredibly important day. Uh, maybe maybe if you have a fantastic preacher, I've got new advice with the vinyl preacher, a new new angle. Of course, on this podcast, you're going to get the deepest cuts uh, into the exegetical content of each Sunday's readings. You're going to get incredibly resonant uh, and, and culturally significant playlists on the Spotify every week. But here's the real reason. Lay people should listen to this podcast so that in the handshake line after church, you can harshly critique uh, your preacher. We want to give you the big guns to take them down and really call them out when they inappropriately use Greek. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're going for. But maybe, maybe. So here's a little uh, an arrow to put in your, your quiver uh, this week is that March 31st is the commemoration of John Donne. What? Poet. John Dunn poet. Uh, of course, right? Uh, born in London, England, in Old 1572. So a short, short reading. but I think ties into, into the reading we're going to talk about later today. Perchance he for whom this bell tolls may be so ill, as that he knows not that it tolls for him. And perchance I may think myself so much better than I am, as that they who are about me and see my state may have caused it to toll for me. And I know not that. But the Church is Catholic, universal, and so are all her actions. And all that she does belongs to all. And when she baptizes a child, that action concerns me. For that child is thereby connected to that body, which is my head, too, and engrafted into that body whereof I am a member. No man is an island entirely of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main and any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never sinned to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Short line reading from John Donne. That was good, eh?
1: I've, like, I mean, everybody's heard from the Bell Tolls, but I didn't, I didn't know the rest
0: of it. Me either. I like that context. It's really good. I also like what it sets up for us. Uh, he says, right, that, that everything that the church does is engrafted into this greater whole. Yeah. Uh, which is a beautiful image that lifts up John's emphasis on belief, uh, right, is to be engrafted into this larger whole. So it set it up really nicely, this belief thing for us, man. It's us. I like him one more tangent before we before we check the check the clock yeah uh, I was at a meeting this morning Matt and I found myself, myself saying the thing that I always find myself saying at some meetings well let me back it up one of the two things one has this meeting reached its conclusion or don't care Zach try not to care the thing <laughs> to do here is not to care about something so Matt my question to you today in regards to the life of the church should I care or should I not care what's the better part <laughs> Should you care should you not care Mm -hmm. regarding the life of the church? Yeah. I mean, I I think I just end up caring too much about (laughs) things, and then I get upset and mad and things, you know? Yeah. Um, So maybe I should just spend more energy not caring. Yeah. I feel like uh, most of
1: my time in the church is a constant pinball careening back and forth between those (laughs) two things, between caring too much and getting frustrated and— Disengaging from the wider church, and then and then being like, no, but but we could do this, we could do this, and then uh, just creating back and forth.
0: I know it's so hard. It is so hard, man. Never do things you care about. That's <laughs> <laughs> if only I was a postman and I would just put the mail in the mailbox and it'd be finished. I could go home every day. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. My romanticized visions of other people's careers I know. are always true. I are always true. <laughs> Everybody else goes home at 5 o'clock and doesn't think about work until Monday morning. It's true. The grass is greener. Always, man. It's always greener in California, too, man. Actually, right now it is. We've had a lot of rain. It is. It is actually great. It's, it it's a rainy day in Boulder today. But I think that brings us, Matt, uh, to... You're in California, that's specific. Uh, to time for the text. Time I believe. for the text. Time, it might be half past time for the text. Time for the text. Time we, uh, for the text. It's the bit Sunday of Lent. Do we have any more after this, or does it turn into Passion Palm? I mean, it turns into Passion Palm.
1: Now... I'm not sure when lunch officially ends. I mean, if we had any of the pod, uh, Kevin Strickland, and we could ask him, mm-hmm. does it end before Palm Sun- Like Palm Sunday is a new season, or does it end like with sundown Monday Thursday? Like some of the books say, I'd like to kind of push that
0: a little bit. These are the questions that the people are asking. You've got to give the people what they want, Case Strick. I know. You would think. What's he doing? If he's not answering these questions. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I might form a Freedom Caucus of the ELCA. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The bureaucratic church, bad... Because they don't answer this one question for me. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe the, the largest church has no role in my life. If only. I mean, the three if, if only
1: we talked about the church that way. We, like we're trying to pass instead of trying to pass a bill, we're trying to pass a resolution. God I couldn't even get that resolution passed. It was just too complicated. It's, who
0: knew Lent was so complicated? <laughs> who knew? Who knew that Lent was so complicated? I mean, who knew the tritium was so complex? Every, everybody knew that epiphany was complicated because like. Knew, but nobody knew about Lance nobody knew amazing who knew that the mystery that Christ has died Christ has risen Christ will come again is so involved <laughs> who knew the Trinity we're learning out not easy to understand <laughs> and fix oh my
1: goodness what do, what do we got
0: what do we got going on here What's we got just Jesus who's who's
1: caring well we have um, we got a couple of things I mean the fifth Sunday in Lent, year A. It's, it's some pretty phenomenal readings, actually. We've got uh, a reading from Ezekiel. It's the Valley of the Dry Bones. Always a classic. Ooh. Always Ooh. a classic. That's a good one. Uh, for, uh, for real Christians, uh, we'll also hear that again at <laughs> Easter Vigil. So that's, mm-hmm. that's always fun. Start looking <laughs> ahead to that. Um, we've also got Romans 8, 6 to 11, which has some good stuff about the Spirit of God. Uh, dwelling in you which I was using mm. as a callback to some of the the well was within you that you heard a couple weeks ago ooh, I' know. Ooh. and then ooh. Uh, and then we get John 11 1 to 45 still got John still working our way through some of these John texts uh, but this is this is Lazarus this is the raising of Lazarus
0: it's just what a couple verses it's really long 45 verses. It's good stuff. Can you, summar, can you summarize it for us so that people don't have to listen to my horrible voice summarize it? Yeah! I mean, so what we have here is the raising of Lazarus. Good friend of the pod here. Lazarus is uh, also of Bethany, which is the same place where Martha and Mary are from. So we had a little bit of a callback back to the story of the time when they— uh, They wash Jesus' feet with their hair and perfume. And so it turns out the gossip network kicks in. They hear uh, on the social medias that Lazarus is ill, and so they send word to Jesus. And so Jesus finds out about it. But then Jesus, uh, suffering from the same uh, conundrum that I and and Matt often suffer from in the church, do I care? Do I not care? Uh, Maybe that's not exactly what he's thinking. Um, But if I did what Jesus did here, that's the read. Uh, That would be the appropriate read. Because they see stay for two days longer in the place where they are. And then he says, they're in the north, uh, then you go to Bethany in the south, in Judea, which uh, we're in the 11th chapter of John. Uh, it's been clearly said is not a very friendly place for Jesus. They tried to stone him a couple of times, kicked him out of that temple, and he points his face towards the south to Judea to go see if he can help out friend of the movement, Lazarus. And so he goes... And when he gets there, it's too late, man. It's too late. When he gets there, it finds out that Lazarus has been in the tomb, dead for four days. And here's a really nice line. One of the really nice lines in here is that Martha comes out to meet Jesus and says to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then she flips it, right? But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. So I really like that honest blaming almost, and so Jesus and Martha has some conversation back and forth, and Jesus, uh, the, the I am statement that emerges out of this is I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, and we get into some of that belief stuff, which goes back to our good friend, John Dunn. Uh, and eventually he goes to the tomb and he says, take away the stone. Uh, a lot of really powerful lines from Jesus here, uh, really preachable lines. Take away the stone. Martha, back and forth with Jesus here. You could... It's good stuff. Uh, Jesus says, take away the stone. Martha says, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead for four days. They practice a green burial, which is good, but there is a stench. And so finally they remove the stone and he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And many of the Judeans, therefore, who had come with Mary and seen what Jesus did, here's the punchline, believed in him. The gospel of the Lord. Boom. (laughs) Boom. A lot, a lot of things going on. Yeah, there are a lot of things going
1: on. And I was really struck, maybe with this text, um, I think more than any other doing Lent, at least for me today as I'm reading it, as I'm hearing you summarize it, that we've really got some rich characters in this text. You know, like you could, we've talked a little bit uh, in the last month or so about the fantastic FX um, series, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, which I thought was particularly phenomenal for the way that it like dove into the perspectives mm. of each of these characters, right? And really sort of brought that out to life. Whatever you think of what happened, like really I think, brought out each of those characters, right?
0: In a way that I hadn't really seen them before. Johnny Cochran was incredible. Oh, I loved the 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 way they explored Chris. Um, Chris Darden was his last, Chris Darden's character. Yeah. The tension, oh, yeah. is beautiful. No,
1: totally. And I think you could do, you can, I mean, really to do a, you really kind of want to do a similar thing with this story. Really go into, you know, Mary and Martha. You brought up how, Who comes out to see him? Martha comes out to see Jesus, right? And throws this honesty at him. Chris, actually, my wife, Chris, got back this weekend from attending her grandma's funeral in Florida. Hmm. And she got to read this text at the service. And uh, she even texted me right afterwards. It was like, God, I love Martha. (laughs) (laughs) She just absolutely loved um, her honesty there. Just thought that was incredible.
0: And a fun fact about yeah, about yeah. Martha here yeah. is that they um she's she's breaking rules a little bit. Uh she runs out to meet Jesus. Uh, women of the household should have been in the house performing their duties to mourn at home. Yeah. And she breaks the rules and runs out to Jesus, right? Which is uh, there's there's a one way to understand this, especially with our lectionary text, you have these massive signs that Jesus is doing where he's including where he's breaking the old structures and reforming this movement kinship group around the life that he is bringing. And, and, and it's really reaching its culmination here, right? This is the biggest sign. And, and he does the sign not i mean that's the kind of weird that's a hard thing to preach but he doesn't do it for lazarus sake here um but he does it as a as kind of a a sort of penultimate uh sign of the life that he's bringing and martha running out of the house to meet him as a sign of the the old walls and structures falling apart to bring this new life thing together so two things on
1: that so i think um I mean, Jesus in this text, too, I think is a fascinating character, right? At one level, he's sort of like he after hearing that Lazarus was ill, he stays two days longer in the place where he was. Mm. That was just crazy. I was going to make a confession on the pod. So I was sick yesterday. I stayed home. I got two phone calls on my cell phone about two different funerals that people wanted Mm. to plan for folks that just just died. And I didn't call back. I was like, I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. They're still going to be waiting for me. But I felt really guilty. I was like, I'm probably going to get yelled at about this. But really, like, I mean, it's, it, it sort of really struck me, though, reading reading Jesus doing that and what's going on in his head, right? Is he above this whole thing? Does he have this larger plan? Did he make a mistake? Is Martha right here? Should he have come more immediately? What's what's going on with Jesus, right? But then as you keep going, Jesus, um, this is where we get, not in this NRSV translation, but one of the translations, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Is Jesus wept. Jesus wept for his friend, and that's a really rich image of Jesus too. It's when we don't see that often. Jesus just absolutely breaking down here. He actually weeps. Sometimes we really like to um, have a pretty high Christology and paint Jesus as really kind of above the fray, but here Jesus really—I mean, he really is. Like, what's what's going on in Jesus's head? What's going on in his heart? It'd be interesting to kind of unpack that too, right? Now, I tried to respond to Chris's. God I Love Martha with, man, but look at Jesus. He's like weeping for his friend. (laughs) And Chris was like, oh, great. Way to make it about Jesus. (laughs) Which
0: which I was kind of like, she was like, well, I guess you're a preacher. You have to do that. One of the questions this raises for me is that this vision of Jesus, man, it, it starts me. I don't know if these are productive questions, but it. Maybe some insight into the people is that it starts to raise some Doctor Who kinds of questions about Jesus. Because I think we all find ourselves in the place of Martha. That the, A kind of obvious question is that if Jesus can raise the dead, yeah. why just Lazarus? I mean, for Martha, he raises Lazarus, right? But there, I'm guessing, are more than one dead person in Judea at the time. Right. Um, and there, there is plenty of death around us now. And if this is within the powers of God, why doesn't God do this? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe the, the answer to that is in the tears of Jesus, right? That the new life, the new thing that Jesus is bringing is not a thing that removes all death. And sorrow and brokenness from us, right? I mean, this is turning into a very stock answer, but that it that it finds life, a new life in the midst of that. So maybe it's this really bold statement of Jesus not being afraid of, of death, death that causes him pain. I think, yeah, I think that's true. I also wonder, like, I feel like there's a real tension
1: Because I want to make this about more than just this individual being raised from the the dead, right? What is Jesus freeing us from? And so I I want to kind of get to the bigger picture. And I want to think about what, so Jesus stays two days longer in the place where he was. What was he doing there? Like he might have actually had other stuff to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was was also critically important. We're not told exactly what he's doing. Um, We might be told the chapter before. Maybe he's doing some more teaching, some healing there. But he's got this sort of bigger picture that he's working on as well. And so trying to maintain that tension between the bigger picture, but also these really individual, deeply personal experiences, right? So I feel like that move to say, which I think that you we're getting at too, and that, that Chris first pushed me on, don't move to Jesus too quickly, <laughs> that there might actually be some gospel going on with Martha here. There may actually be some gospel going on with some of these other characters. And I think mm-hmm. that we have, I think we have some, some reason to do that that's given to us in Romans, right? Where in Romans, Paul says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if that spirit dwells in each of these characters, then how are the dead being raised throughout this story and within each of these characters? Where's that spirit in Martha? Where's
0: that spirit in Mary? I think that's worth exploring. This is a story, Matt, yeah. preaching-wise, that, that has, like, a number of power chords. That there are—one of the kind of tricks in reading the Bible, right, is to look for the kind of action verbs and to see exactly what Jesus is doing. And, and an extension of that here today, right, is it's not so much an emphasis on, on what Jesus is doing, but what Jesus is saying, and in particular, Jesus is, in, is commanding things. Mm. Uh, so you get the power cord of uh, take away the stone, Lazarus— come out, unbind him and let him go. And though, I mean, like it's, it's in search of a gospel here in search of the good news. Oof, what more do you need than those, those power cords? Uh, but Martha gets a power
1: cord too here. Yeah. And I think you got it. I think you got to do that. Right. Cause otherwise, if you don't, if you don't lift up Martha in some way, you get Jesus as a mansplainer here, right? I mean, like he's always like, responding with these like long blah 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 blah. Yeah, so be wary. I think that's a real trap that, that you fall into. It's like, oh, Martha's got these concerns, but Jesus pats her on the head.
0: Don't present it that way. Well, I think there's a reciprocity because I, I finally found the Martha's Martha's power cord, and she gets it kind of taken away from her because it says they uh, they said to him, Lord, come and see. Which, boom, go back to John's call stories. Uh, right, sight, important part, that's his line to yeah. disciples, come and see. But yep. this time, it's Martha, it's the people saying, come and see to Jesus, and he does. Yeah. That we, that they, it's this. Yeah. We all have parts to play in that. And yeah, that, because like Jesus has been, what is this? This is the 11th chapter of John, right?
1: Jesus has been at work already for 10 chapters working with these people, right? He started with that come and see, many many chapters ago now they're repeating it back to him they've
0: grown as disciples they have been grafted into the new thing they have been grown into that that's what it means to believe exactly yes yes absolutely and so again i think that like we've got a i I
1: think that that um I want to say that thread, but maybe it's that uh, stream of living water that we talked about a couple of weeks ago where the well is within you. I think it's another I think that's another piece of good news for folks this week that like that God's been working on you for a while. Right. And that you um, you now bear that part to play, too. Right. The spirit of Christ dwells in you. You have a
0: part to play as we approach Holy Week. You have a part to play in this drama. Our students, we were talking about prayer recently which is always one of the the best conversations we have because we don't talk about it enough uh, and we are not sure what we think and we all have assumptions about what we're supposed to think about prayer. And one of the the places we always have good conversation is around whether our prayers make God do anything. Um, that I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with with Mark Bangert's description of prayer, by, uh, of how it works by saying that, that if you want to see the answers to your prayers during the prayers of intercession, open your eyes and look around. Um, that those are the people who are going to answer your prayers. But on the other hand, right, you have the whole kind of rabbinical tradition, typically associated with the Old Testament, with the, with the Hebrew Bible, of, of prayers of the people intercessing with God and God changing God's mind, right? That you've got Abraham's bargaining with God over Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you have Moses talking to God on behalf of the people. Um, But here you get some of that reading back a bit into what came before this reading was that Jesus, they tried to stone Jesus to death in Judea, not for the first time in John's gospel. And so what, it's not that Jesus's spidey sense is enabled and that he knows that his friend Lazarus is in trouble, but Martha and the people send word to Jesus. They call on Jesus to come. And then Jesus has to decide and make this decision, a very risky decision, to go back to the place where they've been trying to kill him to see his friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And it continues, right? So come and see Jesus come all the way into the fullness of our humanity, into the tomb where the flesh is rotting. And Jesus does; he goes to that place, yeah. And then he has the power cords, yep. And as they're as they're inviting
1: Jesus further into their lives, as you said, like that we're grafted together in this way. Even Lazarus, who actually, like, as I was breaking up the speaking parts for Sunday, I think Lazarus speaks in here, right? Probably because he's dead, <laughs> but he doesn't speak. But he's like he's a he's clearly a main character. This isn't the last time that Lazarus shows up in this gospel. Only a couple of verses later in chapter 12, verse 10, the chief priests are plotting to put Lazarus to death, too.
0: Right. Good luck with that.
1: I know. <laughs> it the, the dumbest time. idea ever. <laughs> but, um, but he also, right, his, his fate is bound up with Jesus's fate. Um, mm-hmm. Now, right, he's been pulled into this thing. So, yeah, even though he's been raised from the dead, the danger has not,
0: uh, has not passed. The cross has not been lifted. i going to go back to John Dunn. It's all tied in together, right? Even the disciples have the line here. They say, our friend friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Our friend, he's a part of this insider thing. There's a fun little note about, what, do we get Thomas the twin in this thing, right? Do we get Thomas the twin? Yeah, Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, he gets the nickname. The nickname is an insider thing. There's some like, kind of interesting stuff about how like nicknames were supposed to protect you from the evil eye, right? But the <laughs> using nicknames for each other was, is this mutual protection, which is really what the the kinship thing is about. Boom, boom. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, man. It tolls for thee. It tolls for thee. It tolls for thee. We're all gonna die. All right, you got some songs this week. I got songs. You got songs. I got songs. All right, what do you got? What do you got? <laughs> Well,
1: um, I've got a little song titled Lazarus. I don't know why I thought of it for this week, but uh, it's called Lazarus, <laughs> and it's by David Bowie. It's actually on David uh, Bowie's yeah. last you album, took the, the last where he
0: died. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on one second, Matt. We don't know that it's his last album. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. His last song is Lazarus on his last <laughs> album. Come on, did we not read the story here? Did we Don't not try to put Lazarus the Lazarus today? Did we not read the story? It's
1: interesting. Um, you know, like a lot of David Bowie songs, it's uh, it's got some oblique lyrics, but it does have this refrain at the end: "Oh, I'll be free. Oh, I'll be free." So there's reference to freedom, this reference to unbinding. So, Lazarus by David Bowie, that's, that's my
0: first track. I like it. I like it. Matt, you hit me with the tears. You hit me with the weepy weeps. Uh, Jesus wept. Uh, but do you know who also wept? Who? Smokey Robinson. <laughs> Tracks <laughs> of my People tears. say, I'm the life of the party cause <laughs> I tell wow. a joke or two. Oh, Oh, just take look closer it's easy to trace man easy to trace the tracks classic, and the tears classic one of my favorites love it what else you got what else you got
1: so um i've also got a song called letter to the free by common it's on his uh latest mm. album called black america again uh it has this refrain freedom come freedom come hold on won't be long which i think is a great uh Mm. A great um, lead into Holy Week, right? Freedom Come, Hold On, Won't Be Long. The song is also featured as uh, over the end credits of uh, Ava DuVernay's documentary 13th, which is streaming on Netflix. Mm. Uh, and we're going to screen that uh, movie actually uh, at St. Mark's on March 31st on John Dunn's feast day. We're going to be screening it and talking about it in uh, in conversation with uh, with our faith in conversation with Matthew twenty five. I was in prison um, and preparing uh, our Good Friday service sort of out of that, out of viewing that documentary. So um, and kind of it's an interesting pairing, I think, with this reading. This is unbind him and uh, and let him go, set him free. So letter to the free by Common. Sweet.
0: I'm going to go keeping the weeps. Uh, I'm going to go with the weepies. And the world spins madly on, right? Woke up and wished that I was dead with an aching in my head. lay motionless in the bed. The night is here and the day is gone. And the world spins madly on. Things keep going. Life and death, death and life. Uh, It don't stop. Don't stop. Good stuff. Good playlist. You got oh, anything I get... else? I got a couple oh. other ones. Oh, okay. So what else you got? I got a I got a song from a little band called Metallica. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for whom the bell tolls. What? Uh, yeah, we're putting it on the playlist for sure. Uh, then, um, <laughs> um, I have a song called The Crypt. By uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's off the the acclaimed uh, original motion picture soundtrack for the movie The Mummy. That's <laughs> <laughs> Brendan <Bridget> Fraser because <laughs> he comes out draped in cloth. You get it? It's <laughs> Brendan Fraser, everybody. Right? <laughs> Brendan Fraser was in The Mummy. Wow. I'm never gonna read this text the same way again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, Matt. What if? Oh, my gosh. You could really read this through, through the lens of Brendan Fraser films, right? You could cross the mummy with, like, Encino Man. <laughs> Encino right? Man. Like, let's imagine that Jesus left Lazarus in the tomb. Uh, we know time is relative, and I am expe- imagine that God experiences time in different ways than I do. Uh, in two days, it turns out to be millennia. And then he calls Lazarus out of the tomb and he has no idea what a pager is. It would be incredible. You know what's like? That? That'll preach. <laughs> that'll, that'll preach. preach. <laughs> that will preach in the year 2001. <laughs> uh, or 2000, 1999, excuse me. That's when the movie he came out. You got a... <laughs> uh, you got any good news for Brendan Fraser? Life's going to
1: be okay? any good news. My good news, I think it's going to come from, uh, I'm going to use this this story, obviously, but I think I'm going to pull that good news from uh, from Romans, that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you.
0: Dwells in you. Likewise, I think I'm going to go down the road of Jesus enters fully into our experience, fully into our lives, that, that Jesus does dwell within us, even and especially in... Uh, the, the broken, uh, dead parts of us. Hey, Amen. So,
1: one, one more thing before we go. Yeah. I feel like we also need a question. What's our question mm, this week? Question. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some good, I feel man. like we've had some good questions this month. What was last week's question? It was, what's in your blind spot? I used, uh, I used your question. What... Uh, The only person to really respond on the chalkboard very well said, uh, I have a blind spot,
0: which I thought was a pretty nice. That's good good. response. That is good. How about what should Jesus come and see? What should Jesus come and see? What do you want Jesus to come and see? Wow. That's pretty good. What do you want Jesus to come and see? I like it. I like it. I'm proud of that one. proud of that one. All right, next week on the pod, definitely not Kevin Strickland. Uh, Uh, Definitely not, unfortunately. Definitely not. That's one thing you can count on week after week on The Vinyl Preacher is we (laughs) will not have Kevin Strickland on the show. He said it was available in like September though, so that's... That's great. That's cool.
1: Yeah, and then we gotta make a plan for, uh, for Holy Week
0: because oh, uh, man, all kinds of strangeness going on. Next week, I mean, we could really use Kevin Strickland. Do you do Palm Sunday? Do you do Passion Sunday? <laughs> Palm Passion? Is that a tea? Should you serve Palm Passion tea? Is that is that a tea or is that actually like the tea made from herbs? It's not actually tea. There are lots and lots of things to get into before we get into uh, holy week foot washing all kinds of Christmas. Is Special Sunday have anything to do with Drake's passion fruit song? Knowing nothing of that song, I'm gonna guess yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Holy week is coming. It is Matt, almost here. And there's no Holy Week like vinyl Holy Week. That's the only way to experience it. That's what Holy Week is. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing a, a good rant for the Holy Week pod. Uh, Holy Week is like the vinyl edition of the liturgical year. No approximations, right? The the needle, the groove and the wax is exactly what the groove and the wax is. The full experience. Uh, you're not dropping the, the remainder off of your digitized version of of, of a liturgical calendar. You get no. the full thing, man. Got to. Full thing. Gotta do it.